Hey, how you doing? My name's Greg Knapp. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today on the podcast, how to cultivate the successful mindset. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. In order for you to change your life and pursue your passion and purpose as far as it'll take you, you gotta have the proper mindset. Extensive research shows the most successful people have a mindset that's positive and optimistic and they believe they got control over their lives, not that events control them. And they believe that being successful helps everyone, exploits no one. See, most successful people have a successful mindset. It's focused on growth and learning what they need to know to achieve their goals. They've got a mindset that asks, why not? What can I learn from this? What if? They have confidence in their abilities to do what is necessary to win. See, most successful people don't believe they're in competition with everyone they meet. They understand they're creating the extraordinary life they want. They don't have to take from someone else to do that. They don't believe that everyone is out to get them. In fact, I've declared myself a Diana Rap. I believe everyone is out to help me. Yeah, it's paranoid spell backwards. You got me. But think about how different you look at life when you think everyone's out to help you, not hurt you. William James said, The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. This isn't a shocker. People with a good, positive, optimistic attitude tend to enjoy their day more and accomplish more than people with a negative, depressing, pessimistic attitude, right? We know this from research and from our own experience, but how do we create and maintain the positive mindset, the one we need to reach all our goals? Well, one way is you start every morning by thinking about all the great things in your life. Yeah, you've heard it before, the attitude of gratitude. It's a real thing. It's a phenomenal way to begin your day. And for most of us, it's pretty easy coming up with a list of all the great things in our lives. Just take a little time right now for the next five minutes. Pause the podcast. Write down every single thing you're grateful for. Just make a list. Come up with at least one for every year of your life. Go. Do it right now. I'll wait. Ah, you're back. So was it challenging for you? Look, I know some people are so depressed. It's hard for them to even start writing a list like that. And I get it. Everybody's been through tough times, but no matter where you are in your life right now, I know there are things you can find to be grateful and thankful for. Hey, you're breathing. You can listen to a podcast. There's two things to get you started. Now, I know it sounds a little silly, but you'd be surprised how just getting started on your grateful list with something as simple as that can get you on the right track. Try this for 30 days. Every night at the end of the night, write down three specific things you are thankful for that happened that day. It can be little things, it can be big things, but it can't be the same thing every day. Three new things each day. Do that for 30 days. Relive the good thing when you're writing it down, thinking about it, feeling it. You are going to see a difference in how joyful you are if you do that for 30 days. Research backs it up. I've got a routine I go through every day when I wake up and it gets me up on the right side of the bed. Now, I follow Jesus, so for me, this ties into my faith. But you can use the same type of technique whether you're religious or not. Instead of a thankful prayer list, you can make it your gratitude list. But as I slowly start to wake up, I start to pray. I start thanking God for my blessings. I thank him for my wife, my children, my extended family, my friends. I thank him for the fact that I have more than enough to provide my family with. 
I, I praise God for the fact that I was born in the United States. I've got so many opportunities to create a life of abundance for myself and enough to help other people as well. And I give thanks for having jobs that I love and, and I'm grateful for my health and I'm creating beautiful images of my head as I pray about this stuff. And I can feel my body and spirit coming more and more alive. And I get these feelings of peace and happiness and ambition that well up within me. I do about three minutes of that. And after I've done giving thanks, then I spend the next three to five minutes being grateful for my future life with all my major goals achieved. Join me in helping people find and pursue their passion and purpose. Imagine how different the world will be if more people started living this way. Share this podcast with three friends who need it. And even though it's about my future life, I put it in the present tense as I'm thinking about it, as if I'm already living the life that I want. I'm getting my conscious and subconscious mind focused on my goals. And the best way to do it, put everything in the present tense. I start visualizing, pursuing my passionate purpose at the ultimate level. I imagine achieving all my goals in every aspect of my life. And if you really want to get excited about your future, describe it in great detail and imagine how it's going to look, feel, sound, smell, taste. Really get emotional about it. Play the movie of your extraordinary life in your head. It's way better than anything on Netflix. The more real you make it, the more excited you get to take on the day. And the more your subconscious mind is going to help you pursue your goals. Have you heard about the growth and fixed mindsets? Carol Dweck has a book called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And it suggests there are two types of mindsets. A fixed mindset believes that your intelligence, your talent, skills, personality, they're largely set. There's little you can do to change them. Now, a growth mindset believes you can learn, grow, and improve on anything through effort, experience, and practice. Now, there may be some upper limits you can reach based on what you're born with, but nothing is set in stone. Guess which mindset Professor Dweck's research showed was seen more in successful people? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? I'm surprised we needed to study it. Mindset explains that people with a fixed mindset play it safe to protect their positive beliefs about themselves. If you're smart, things come easy to you. So if something's hard, it's better not to do it. Otherwise, you'll have to conclude you're not smart. Dweck found that when these people didn't do well at something, it threatened their belief in their fixed intelligence so much, some of them would lie about their performance to protect themselves. Have you ever had a boss who took all the credit and none of the blame? If he got some constructive criticism, he'd blame the messenger. Maybe when you brought him a new idea, he'd reject it immediately and even become angry with you for trying to move the company to keep up with the times. Those are some of the traits of a fixed mindset messenger. But people with growth mindsets are more willing to try new things, struggle with hard tasks. They get excited about learning and getting better. They're willing to take more risks because every little failure they might endure isn't proof they're not smart. No. It's just a bump in the road as they learn and grow. Growth mindset people actually enjoy that process. Now that type of boss welcomes new ideas, sees them as opportunities for everybody on the team, including him, to stretch, learn, and grow. He can take criticism in stride because he knows that we all have weak spots and with hard work, we can develop new skills and get better where we need to. He can share credit with his employees because he doesn't have to prove he's the smartest person in the room. Which type of manager do you want to be or work for? Well, that's just great, Greg. Listening to this, I figured out I'm a fixed mindset person. I guess I'm not going to succeed. Whoa, bro, tap the brake, speed racer. That type of thinking is the fixed mindset thinking. You're born one way and that's it. Well, I've got good news for you. Almost no one has a totally fixed mindset. We're all somewhere on a continuum between fixed and growth. So here's some more good news. You can choose your mindset. It is not set in stone. 
when you're about to try something new, get yourself into the growth mindset before you start. Tell yourself, you're about to learn and grow. You might not get it right immediately, but if you put in the effort, you will succeed. When you make a mistake, just tell yourself you just learned something and you're now one step closer to reaching your goal. And then pay attention to your self-talk. You can catch yourself making limiting, fixed mindset statements and stop them in their tracks. Imagine you've got an opportunity to lead a new project at work. There's some new concepts involved and you're not sure about it, but your fixed mindset thoughts might say, this is risky. What if I fail? I'll be a failure. Maybe I'm just not smart enough. When you notice those thoughts, yell, stop. Inside your head, of course, right? Replace the thoughts with the growth mindset thoughts. Say this. Hey, this is a great opportunity for me. I may not know everything about this yet. I may not know everything right now, but with hard work, I can learn what I need. This will be a great chance to grow and expand my skills. Let's go for it. I love what Winston Churchill said. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Yeah, people pursuing their passion and purpose wake up more optimistic. They look forward to what they're going to get out of each day, not just trying to get through each day. And they see opportunities everywhere because they're thinking about opportunities everywhere. And they're spending most of their time thinking about what they want to do and accomplish. So they're expecting to work hard and enjoy the work because they know that if they keep their goals and plans, they will eventually live the life that others dream of. If they stay focused, every kind of success will follow. Now, to have the successful mindset, you can't have a mindset of scarcity. You can't think that if you earn more, others earn less. Maybe you think it's greedy to want success or you believe you have to cheat and exploit others to achieve. Well, that's going to stop your progress right in its tracks. I mean, who wants to be a jerk and step on other people to get ahead? So what are your thoughts about success? How about earning more money? Do you believe you can have too much success? I mean, one of the biggest obstacles to success for some people is what they were taught as children. Sometimes society, our parents, our schools, they teach us to limit our dreams or too much success can be bad. Okay, right now you're thinking to yourself, self, Greg has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. No one says that too much success is a bad thing. Dude, you hear it all the time. Look at what's being said about CEOs and corporations. Things like that guy makes too much money. That company makes obscene profits. No one is worth that salary. All of those statements are saying too much success is bad. We've got this weird situation in America where we like to see the little guy do well. We like rags to riches, as long as the riches don't get too great. Once he hits a certain level, he suddenly becomes someone who's exploiting the people. Now, of course, there are people who do step on others to get ahead. They act unethically or even illegally to get what they want. Most of the time, though, those people eventually have things collapse around them. Their businesses go under. They get divorced. Maybe they even go to jail. Their life becomes miserable. I love what my dad says about people who behave that way. Time wounds all heals. But here's the truth. Most people who succeed do it the right way. They end up getting what they want by giving other people what they want. And they run their affairs with the golden rule as their guide. If you think money is bad or evil, you're going to have a hard time being really financially successful because you're going to sabotage yourself, right? And unfortunately, a lot of people believe that money is evil. Some people even use the Bible to justify it, that money is the root of all evil. But that's not what the Bible really says. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the Bible clearly says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. It's taking a good thing and making it a God thing and making it your idol. That's the problem. 
When you love money more than you love God, more than you love your family, more than you love your friends, more than you love what is right, that's when you're going down the wrong path. But money itself is neutral. The use of money can be good or evil. I mean, when the leadership of Enron cooked the books to make it look like they had a better financial statement than they did, their love of money was evil. When politicians take bribes or unethical campaign contributions, their love of money is evil. And when lending officers gave subprime loans to people they knew could not afford them and borrowers took the loans they knew they couldn't pay back, their love of money was evil. When a mechanic makes unnecessary repairs just to get a little more cash, his love of money is evil. But money can be used to do wondrous good works. It can lead to starting or growing a business that provides jobs and income for countless families. Money can be given away to charity for medicine, food, clothing, shelter, schools, books, and so much more. Money can help you get everything you need to physically survive and to help others. Money can provide you time to do what you love. Money makes everything you want to do, have, and be easier. Profits made by big companies and small companies can be used to expand the business and create new jobs and help people. They can use it to give their current employees raises and stock options and donate to worthy charities in the community. The question for your successful mindset is, how do you see money? And how do you see your use of money? With all the bad press that CEOs get, I want to tell you a story about a guy who did it the right way. A man who showed great loyalty to his employees, to his operators, to his customers. You know, he worked one full year without salary when times were hard because he didn't want his operators to take a bigger hit if he could help it. When it was all said and done, he ended up with a net worth of over $1.3 billion and gave millions to charities year after year. See, he started growing up poor during the Great Depression. Sam was an entrepreneur from an early age. He was constantly working on ways to help the family earn enough to get by. And by the time he was eight, he was selling soda. He'd buy six packs at the local store and peddle them door to door. He moved on from soda to magazines. Then he got a paper route. Now, this was great training for his future life as a businessman. Sam was responsible for finding new customers and keeping his old ones happy. He had to buy and sell the newspapers. And it taught him how you have to buy wholesale and sell retail at a price where you can make a profit, but not so high to drive the customers away. As Sam got older, he decided to open a restaurant with his brother. Now, this was not easy, and they worked really hard. They even did the construction needed to finish off their new place. It was small. Four tables, ten seats at the counter. Made money almost right away. Then, Sam's brother died in a plane crash. The new restaurant Sam started burned down. He was pretty depressed, but he still had an idea burning in him. And his mom had a way of cooking that made meat really juicy and delicious. And Sam knew if he could use her method to make sandwiches, people would love him. So going back to the skills he learned on his paper route, he made a deal with an airline. See, they had scraps of meat left when they cut it up to make their dinners. And they were willing to sell the small pieces to Sam for a great price. They were also the perfect size for his sandwiches. His customers loved him, and he knew he was on to something. Sam opened his first fast food restaurant in 1967, and he used the income from his original restaurant to slowly build new ones. Sam worked really hard, but he wasn't able to really start making money for himself until his 17th restaurant opened. The late 70s, early 80s, man, they were tough. In 82, with his operators and employees having a tough time making ends meet, Sam opted to go without a salary. You've probably had Sam's famous sandwich, and you've probably seen the cows that promote it. Sam is S. Truett Cathy. Sam Truett Cathy. The founder of Chick-fil-A restaurants and the inventor of the fast food chicken sandwich. At the time of his passing, he'd had more than 1,200 stores and tens of thousands of happy employees. 
He lived out his Christian-based business principles through every store he opened. He kept every store closed on Sunday so he and his employees could have a day of rest and a time to go to church. If it wasn't for that decision, Sam might have become another operator of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And his positive attitude is stressed with all employees, and it shows in the way they interact with their customers. S. Truett gave away over $20 million in scholarships to his employees and millions more through his Windshape Center Foundation. He also created 14 long-term foster homes through his Windshape Homes program. Every year, Camp Windshape helps build the self-esteem of 1,700 young people. Now, there's no doubt S. Truett Cathy made a lot of money. There's also no doubt he earned it, and he's helped countless people with it. It doesn't seem like money's the root of all evil in that story, does it? I love what S. Truett Cathy said. Nearly every moment of every day, we have the opportunity to give something to someone else. Our time, our love, our resources. I have always found more joy in giving when I did not expect anything in return. So, how do you think about money? Let's go. If this resonates with you, I want you to have a free gift from me. It's my ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose. Get it at my website, gregorybnapp.com. The information's in the show notes. 